I'm Tyler. I'm Shorty. I'm Ava. I'm Miles. I'm Kara. Yo, this is Reno. Hello, I'm Brandy. They call me Pride Slayer. I'm Bon Bon Manuel. And we are the Interidiots. listen to has crude language, violence, and other things you probably shouldn't let your children listen to. Please enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drop what you're doing, swallow what you're chewing, because it ain't wet from sweat, and we ain't done yet. And we don't want you choking from all this joking. Welcome to Inner Idiot Podcast, where we just want to bring some laughs to your day and touch your insides. And when I say touch your insides, I mean pull your heartstrings. Don't be nasty, people. I am your host, the big, the bald, the beautiful, the brash, the bumbling, and the oftentimes bastardly MC Tyler Havlin, and I talk slow, and I walk slower. Two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! I'm gonna need you to woo on that next one, Canoe. I was about to say we ought to Not cut. On the next one. <laughs> I was about to say we can actually cut the live, like uh, or remote people a little bit of slack because there is a delay between all this, like just you know, just being it on the phone and thing. whatnot. So like you're, it's never been in sync, but if you could figure it out, props to you. All right, next up, he is the lord that's never bored, the commander of the comic book. He's been petting kitty and grabbing titty since 1991, and I said it with my eyes closed because I didn't need a cue. His shirt's already off, so that means uh, your Aunt Mildred's already wet. Two claps and a... Hey, you know it's for the ladies, okay? Two claps and Ric Flair for Lord Shorty Fresh in the flesh. (laughs) Woo! Ooh, she was close. She was close. Next up, a very special guest. We've been trying to get in here for a while. Um, She is a mental health advocate, an author, a published author at that, a comedian, and a sex educator. She's got a fat ass and all the sass. She is the hoe on the go, and she's here on our show. Two claps and Ric Flair for C.A. Knubel. Woo! How you do today, Knubel? I am great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Um, like I said, we've been we've been trying to work this out for a while now. Yeah, it gets kind of crazy with scheduling. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, uh, the rules for new guests on the show is, as you're gonna tell us about yourself in the second segment, but the first segment, you gotta bring the embarrassing stories to us. All right. So. So I do. I do have one. You want me to start now? Oh, yeah. The floor is yours. All right. So I wasn't very popular in high school. Um, It's not that I wasn't, like, well-liked. I just, like, dressed strange. You know, like, definitely MySpace era. The roar pictures and stuff like that. The emo hair. The the roar pictures? The R-A-W-R. Yeah. R-A-W-R. Yeah, I come from the era where people hissed at each other in the hallways. There was no yeah. hissing in my high school. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 
I was born in 91. 91. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Okay. I get it. All right. I was homeschooled, but because of I was a goth kid, I wasn't an emo, but I was closely associated with a lot of emos. Was there hissing in your hallways? Uh, I don't think Rosemary ever hissed at me. <laughs> she may have. What about your mom? Did your mom ever hiss at you? Uh, no, mom did a lot of glaring, but I know people who did hiss. I knew the people that did the whole roar and the whole fucking oh, XD. And I was like, man, this is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Were uh, you one of those people, Knubel? Is that what I'm hearing? I was not. I was uh, not. I just wanted to give you guys kind of like a summary of the era that I came from in high school. Oh, whoa, okay. okay. Right. I know exactly where you're coming from then. All right, so back to you. My bad. We we derail a lot here on the show. Okay. It happens. I'm fucking ADHD. Same. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> gang, gang. So the reason I say that is because in this era of high school, it was a thing for people to pants each other, which means they would pull down sweatpants and gym. Yeah. And 99.9% .9 of the time, I was prepared just in case with shorts underneath. Okay. I, I like your preparation. Well, there was one day where we had a fire drill and I was not prepared and somebody actually pantsed me in front of the entire class, like my entire graduating class. I'm pretty sure I was a senior at this point and I was not wearing shorts and it was humiliating. It was not a cute underwear day. It was just not a vibe. Did you become more popular after the pantsing? No. No? No. It wasn't. She just said it. It was It was not a good panties day. Look, high school boys don't give a fuck. We see biscuits, and we're here for it. We see biscuits, and there will be gravy. Okay? I feel you. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not even sure, like, how many people saw it, because I was so, like, upset at the time. I just, like, ripped my pants back off and kind of just, like, bawled my eyes out. So I don't even know how many people saw it, didn't see it. At least you were wearing underwear that day. Yeah. Yeah. So you know I'm just mean? mad because I spent so much time the entire school year preparing to be pants, and then the one time I was not prepared. So mm. when you say it was a bad underwear day, let, let's let's uh let's compare this to like phone service, right? Was this like Boost Mobile where there was barely any coverage, or were you on the Verizon network and had too much coverage, like had the granny panties on? I had like boy shorts on, but they were just like an ugly color blue. I don't just not cute. I don't think I don't think anybody was worried about the color. Like I'm here for boy shorts. Boy shorts are cute. Like I feel weird saying boy shorts, you know, but they are, right? We could be like shorty yeah. and just want a boy toy from McDonald's. You said that. We can we can we can sound bite you saying that. At this point, yes. Yeah. Um so, like, what was it like after that? Like, did you come to school the next day? Was it a Friday? Did you have the weekend to, like, recover? No, pretty sure this was, like, midweek. <laughs> and I was in a lot of, like, extracurricular programs, so I even had to, like, stay after school and stuff. Did anybody you knew know, like, bring it up to you? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe your fucking ass was out uh, for the world to see. No, and I think this is the reason why. So, I went to high school in Levittown. Okay. Uh, but I'm from Philly, and for some reason, like, people didn't mess with people who came from Philly. I guess they thought we were all, like, ready to kill someone at a second's notice, which you're not entirely wrong. But even though, like, people bullied me or made fun of me, they never, like, stepped to me. And if I'm upset, like, definitely not, because I will pop off. 
you'll pull right. a shank right out them boy shorts. No, I'll just knock somebody's teeth out and wear it as a necklace. Who needs a fucking shank? Right? I'm scared now. Shit. <laughs> cool. Look, we did some wild shit in fucking high school, right? Like some shit that would get you landed in jail today. Like the fucking pantsing. You can't do that these days. But see me, when I was in school, we walked around and checked everybody's oil. And I really think that's where my love of butt play came from. What is checking oil? You don't know what it means to check somebody's oil? You no. walk up behind them and you have your thumb up ready to go. Like say you're going to give somebody a thumbs up, but you don't give them the direct thumbs up. You drop that motherfucker down and you shove that thumb right up their ass. That's checking somebody's oil. You never did we that? We used to call that a cheese curl. Cheese curl? I like that name. It's it's so we got checking oil, cheese curling, and cornholing. Those are the three names I've heard for it now. But I am unfamiliar with all three of these things. Don't worry, I'll cornhole you when the episode's over. You're leaving my house and I'm gonna go to bed. I'll wait a few minutes for you to fall asleep. You know better than that. All right, Knubel. Today is about you. So, uh, do you have any any other embarrassing stories that you would like to share with the class? Um, yeah, this one's a little more recent. So, I did a show at a place called The Fire here. Um, it's a music venue, and this was kind of like a variety show where there was like burlesque dancers, there was comedy, there was music. It was awesome. Did you say burlesque? Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. There all right. A- Just making sure I heard you right. Yeah, it was like a variety of different artists. And I couldn't see the step when I was getting off the stage. I was done and I fell straight down. And my <laughs> friend who was running the show actually got it on video and oh. sent it to me. And I was like, I can't watch this right now. It's so humiliating. Hell I, went, yeah. I fell straight down. Hell yeah. Not hot for shit. See, that, that's the, the fact that it's on film makes that way better. That's the kind of shit that I'm afraid is going to happen. Oh, it's going to be so good. Like, if I fall, I'm just... If I fall on my way up on the stage, I'm just doing the fucking show from the floor. Right? Is that is that, like, the appropriate thing to do, CA? I mean, no. I would just get up and keep it pushing. So, so like, me being like, hey, just give me She's the She's a bigger badass than you. She is, man. Look, she, she'll knock my teeth out. Wear them as a goddamn necklace. <laughs> but, like, so I can't just be like, hey, you know, just give me the mic down here. I'll tell my jokes from down here. That ain't gonna work. I feel like people would not receive that well. (laughs) From the floor. I'm not gonna receive it well if I fall flat on my face. It's part of the act. If you're doing comedy, you just make it part of your routine. You know, I like where her head's at. Yeah. So what's the uh, biggest crowd you've performed in front of? Um, I'm not really sure. I'd probably say maybe like 100 people. That's a lot. I mean, because these comedy clubs, what, they can pack comfortably 60, 70 people, right? Uh, yeah. Most most shows I've been to. I would say that uh, the fucking banana or whatever the fuck it's called, it can hold, I'd say it holds comfortably 60 to 80 people. Yeah. Now, Funny Bone there in Newport. It's no longer there. Really? Yep. Oh, shit. I was going to say it holds 100 to 150 Last time I was in there, it was fucking packed, and I bet there was every bit of 200 people in it. But that was back in 2010. <laughs> yeah, that was a little while ago. So you're planning your tour, right? Your little mini tour? 
Yeah, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping I can do it this year, but it all kind of depends. I think you got this, Knubel. Um, when you come to Cincinnati, you're not actually going to come to Cincinnati, though. Now, here in Cincinnati, if you're within a 40 mile radius, it's called Cincinnati, <laughs> right? So our our comedy club is in Liberty Township. So that's where you got to look. Funny Bone and Liberty Township. And when you come there, we're going to be there with motherfucking bells on. Okay. Or whistles. Bells and whistles. I, I, yeah, I'd usually sport both. All right. All right. <laughs> so you wrote the Hose Handbook, right? Yes. And there are rules in this book, correct? Guidelines. Yeah. Guidelines. Can we get some of those guidelines? Sure. Um, so... Number one to start. Sorry, it's a little delayed. Uh, number one is definitely a hair tie around the wrist. I hope we'll always have one because we're always prepared to suck dick or fight at any time. But the bottom line and the moral of the guideline is to just always be prepared. Is you know. a good rule. Yeah. Is this how to spot a hoe or like rules to be, like rules to follow if you are a hoe? I mean, it definitely helps you spot a hoe. It definitely tells you the difference between a slut and a hoe. Well, are never prepared. So, you know, if you see the hair tie around the wrist, you've got a hoe and not keep a going. Um, <laughs> beyond that, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely, um, I forget the second part of what he said. Uh, you said it was to see a hoe and what else? To see a hoe or be a hoe. Like, definitely both. Definitely both. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Way to spot whores. Nope, hose. 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 My bad. He is Sorry. Writing down your guide. Now, Wrist. hold on. Well, there's three categories. That's why. Yeah, and and he fucking said, three categories. Yes, and she's about to correct you because he said whores. Why don't you tell us the difference before before you continue on with the guidelines? Sure. So there are three categories that you can be in, and this is gender neutral. It could be for male or for females. Right. You right. Could right. Be a hoe. You could be a whore, or you could be a slut. There's no in-between. All right, so... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to tell you the difference really quick, okay? So a whore does it for some kind of compensation. Hair and nails, dinner, straight-up money. She's giving, getting something in return for sexual acts or sexual favors or even attention that they're giving you. Word. That's a whore. Word. Then you have your sluts. Lots will do anyone, anywhere, anytime. They're the ones you're leaving the bar at 2 a.m. with. They're the ones you're hooking up in the bathroom with, or I am anyway. Uh, they're <laughs> the ones that literally just don't care. You know what I, mean? I like dick for dick's dick. sake. <laughs> yeah, they're just living their best lives. Word. Can we soundbite Shorty saying, I like no, dick No, God dick's damn sake. it, shut up. Uh, Josh is listening, so soundbite <sighs> that. All right, continue on, Kadoobal. And then you have your hose. Hoes are kind of like reformed or refined sluts. So they have a roster. Those are the select people that they mess with. They always have the hair tie around the wrist because they're always prepared, like I said. And they follow, you know, strict guidelines like the ones in my book. You know, they, they, people will call it standards if you want, but they're probably harder to fuck than most. All right. Hoes are? Yes. But they're down to fuck, but only if you meet certain criteria. Criteria. You're on the roster. Like sluts are the peasants of the Trinity of the trifecta here, right? Is that what I'm getting? You got the sluts that are the no, peasants. no, 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 no. Whores are the whores are the peasant. No, because they're doing compensated. Yeah, because they need the compensation. Whores are the working class. 
Sluts are the peasants. Sluts are the ones doing it for fun, bro. That's because they're peasants, goddammit. No, 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 no. A peasant needs the money. Okay. The rich don't. Okay. I think I can follow you. Um, <laughs> before you continue with your guidelines, shout out to Chef Sweets, who's got the best cakes, um, the best shaped cakes, too. So shout out to you and shout out to our boy amos who had a quick health bout i'm glad to hear you're doing better buddy um you check him out on the moose lounge uh continue with your guidelines canoe i'm here for it <laughs> uh the second one is no ring keeps a roster and a lot of people give me flack about this one it's not going to change basically what that means is if you are not married or engaged you should have a starting lineup. It doesn't mean if you're in a relationship, you're reaching out to those people or you're cheating because hoes don't cheat. But it means that at any point in time, if that relationship ends, you can make a phone call and one of the starting lineup is next in line. That's, Always. That's Never right. leave yourself in a position where you don't have the attention that you want or deserve. See, that that's 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 positive thinking right there, Shorty. That's why I say you call me Dennis Rodman, I'll catch her off the backboard, rebound. Okay? Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. Word. Word. All right, let's, let's hear more of these guidelines. Okay, so the next one is to... Now, I might be doing these out of order. I'm a little tired. But to know the difference between a work and a walk, one will get you from A to B, the other makes them talk. Basically, what that means is this. How you present yourself, how you walk into a room, the energy that you bring into a room, make sure it's top tier. Make sure people want to know more about you just by the way that you present yourself. You know, keeping your chest up, your head up, looking straight ahead. Make sure you're crossing them legs when you're walking for the women. You know, you walk into a room like that room was put in there, everybody in it, for you. The attitude you walk in every room with. But they, they were put there for me, weren't they? For my entertainment? Not always. Man. Well, I'm going to say they were. That's the attitude you, you need to have. That's the attitude exactly. you need to have. So what I'm getting from the guidelines we've gotten so far, outside of a hair tie, because I don't really have the need for one, like I am on the path to be like top tier ho so far. Love that for you. Let's calm down with the top, buddy. No, Let's... Top tier. No, no, no. Top shelf. Top shelf. We ain't reaching down in the well for me. I'm way up here, bro, where the air is crisp. Crisp. Breathe it in. Take a deep breath like Kirby. You you feel that fresh air? That's me, baby. That's me, Shorty. Okay? I'm too sleepy for this. <laughs> I'm too sleepy for you. You're always too sleepy for me. That's all right. That's why I'm going to cornhole you later. Keep keep going, Knubel. Okay. Um. And by the way, that first one with the hair tie, the meaning behind that one is to just be prepared. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a hair tie. All hoes do. Yeah, but you can keep your knee pads tie. around, Ty. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like eight bandage and grippy socks to go in the bedroom like you're going to war. God damn it. I love you. I love you. You got to keep clap cleats on hand. Even if you didn't wear socks all goddamn day, you better have a pair of clap cleats in your back pocket. All right. She with the knows. grip on the bottom. With a what? With the grip on the yeah, bottom. That's the socks with the grip. That's right. Look, you ever put your feet up on the wall so you could do like leverage and shit? Because them grippy socks, they'll hold you on the wall like goddamn Spider-Man. 
I plead a fifth on that one. All right. All right. She wrote a book on it. She don't talk about her activities. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Let's look. I like these guidelines. I'm here for it. I mean, mostly after that, it's like if you have to work for a man, meaning the man, make it a good looking one. And what I mean by that is make sure you enjoy what you're doing for your work because you spend most of your life there. Yeah, this is facts. So when I say that, it's like, or put a mirror at my desk, and that way I'll just look at myself if there's nothing nice to look at here. But, like, it means the same thing. It means just to be happy with the work that you do every day because you have to do it every single day. Unfortunately. You enjoy. Unfortunately. All right, how many, how many guidelines are there? Well, there's, like, the top ten guidelines, and then there's chapters after that that kind of more go into – being single, being in a relationship, there is sexual stuff in there, but really it's mostly about uh, confidence, mostly about um, relationships and communication and just how to be a better person. The book is called The Ho Handbook, How to Please and Be Pleasing and see, to yourself and other people. And, he, and here's what I like about it so far, is you have turned a term that traditionally has been used in a derogatory way and you flipped it on its motherfucking head, right? And yep. you're turning it into something that is all about self self-love and positivity. And to me, that's like that that's perfect. I love it. So let's uh let's get one more guideline before we take a pause for the cause. Well, I also just want to add for a second that ho H O E stands for happiness over everything in my book. So oh, drop the mic. You can write that one down. I like um, it. That's that's gonna be today's closing. I'm shaking yeah. my head to dropping the mic. Don't don't drop my mics. I'm not really. It's attached to the motherfucking wall, bro. Mm -hmm. All right. So the last one I'll give you is this one: communication is key, but really just your mouth is. I can get down with that. I can. That's like my favorite activity. Obviously, I'm chubby. Anyways. Look, if you want to hear more, this episode will drop two weeks from today. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you can catch us on Spotify. YouTube now has us. Um, Google Podcast is shutting down on April 2nd, but if that's where you're still listening, folks, go catch it there. Pandora, iHeart, Apple Music, all those places. We will come in your ear holes from there. Um, Make sure you're following me on Facebook, Tyler Havlin, or join the Inner Idiot fan page. We're going to take a pause for the cause, pay the light bills, and we will be right back. And we're back. You know you missed us, but you know you like our little segue music. Don't lie to yourselves. All right, we're back. We're here to celebrate Knubel today. So um, tell us about everything in the world of Knubel because, man, you are an interesting person. We have had some great conversations. You've taught me some shit, really. Yeah, um, well, I am a comedian. I started my comedy journey at the end of this month. It will actually be four years since I started comedy. Uh, I traveled up and down the East Coast to do so. I'm planning on traveling a lot more with my comedy this year. Um, I did write my original Ho Handbook 10 years ago, and I did kind of take it out of publication so that I can rewrite it now that I'm in my 30s. I'm say that a little bit lower. <laughs> in my 30s. <laughs> um, I've learned that a lot of the things that I put in my book initially were a little bit toxic. So I kind of went back, took some things out, worked some things around, added some more to it. So I'm really excited about that. I do have a mental health foundation. 
called The Mind That Matters, um, where I interview people who have different mental health conditions around the world, kind of give people an insight on what it looks like to live with conditions and symptoms, things like that. Um, Informational videos, it leads them to different like podcasts and things like that if they don't have references or they need information on different conditions if they're interested. And then I also run my own business, so... What, your own business. What, what took you down? What took you down the line of researching? None, or yeah, I guess researching would be the correct term. Researching the mental health aspect. What took you down that line? Well, actually, um, last April, I attempted to. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I made an attempt last year in mm-hmm. April, and I went on a grippy sock vacation, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had like no information on mental health. It wasn't talked about in my family. I got diagnosed with a laundry list of conditions. Um, and with that, I got kind of no information on what they were or what that meant for me or my behaviors. And the people that I met inside the hospital that I was at really gave me some insight on serious conditions like dissociative identity disorder and yeah. schizophrenia and things like that. I was like, this is serious. You know, it really taught me that the brain is kind of wired different when you have these conditions, which mm-hmm. led me down the rabbit hole of endless research. Now, have you have you joined therapy since to like kind of help you navigate your own mental stability or mental health? Oh, absolutely. I'm an outpatient, mm-hmm. um, which basically is kind of the same as being in the hospital, but outside of it. Yeah, I have borderline personality disorder, so it is extremely hard to manage on mm-hmm. my own. And I do take meds, obviously, but aside from that, just even with a regular therapist, there needs to be a little bit more for me. Right. So I do therapy sessions and meet my psychologist, psychiatrist, sure. therapist. I'm sure they have three of their own therapists because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not for the light of heart. <laughs> no, no. That's awesome. And I, I have gone through and talked to a lot of different people about their mental health issues and kind of expanding my own, uh, understanding and knowledge of them as well and like dissociative identity sort of did is one in particular that's uh very near and dear to my heart because a friend of mine uh she passed away years ago from an attempt and uh she was diagnosed with that so that one specifically holds uh so whenever i meet people who have had similar cases or suffer from similar things uh I can really, I can, it really resonates with me and like spreading the knowledge, spreading awareness of that. And especially mental health in general, just, you know, like, cause I don't want ever, I don't ever want anybody to ever feel alone like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing that's always been very precious to me. And I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And that is one thing we make a lot of jokes on this show, but that is one thing we are very serious about is mental health. We will make some jokes. But they're all lighthearted, and and just know that anybody listening, like Shorty and I, you can reach out to us. We are here for you, but because uh, that is one thing we take very seriously. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> how did therapy affect your comedy, though? That is one thing, because I'm I kind of want to go to therapy, but I'm afraid that it's going to hurt my jokes. Um, honestly, it, it's kind of helped me navigate some of my more darker style of comedy I'm kind of dipping into. I haven't told any of these jokes like on stage yet. They're just something I'm kind of forming. I do have, I'm working on a 45 minute mental health set. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the thing is like some of mine is kind of dark i am an attempted murder survivor mm -hmm. so i kind of make jokes about that my therapist is always like maybe you shouldn't use that one it's a little bit dark and i'm like if i can't make fun of the situations i've been through then i can't say that i've healed from them mm. i have to be able to laugh about it at this point and yeah. then she was like i understand you want to laugh about it but maybe making jokes on stage about it you know kind of belittles the experience I'm like maybe to you but i'm a comedian you know, to me, that's not belittling anything. If anything, it gives me more power and over it, the situation. And it brings light to said situation. Like, it, yeah. it makes other people aware of what's going on. And if they laugh at your joke, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you triggered something in them that make them look inward. They laughed at your joke, and maybe they saw something in that joke. They're like, hey, maybe I do this, or maybe that's happened to me. And they look in, and maybe they get some self-discovery from it. See, that's that's what I love about comedy, and people don't understand that. Like, we may make jokes about offensive shit, but guess what? That that offensive shit, it might make you think. Mm. You know what I mean? It might teach you something about yourself at the same time giving you a laugh. I agree. I definitely agree. My therapist does not, though. <laughs> they, they're an expert in therapy. We're the expert in laughs. You just tell them to stay in their lane. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, so continue on. We want to learn all about you here today. Okay. Well, I mean, I also run my own business. I started it last year. I made businesswoman of the year for my area in 2023. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do like social media management, graphic design, um, you know, project and event coordination. I like setting up events, budgets, and things like that for venues. So. That's that, kind of fun. That's adulting on a whole nother level. <laughs> I can barely organize my own life, and here she is organizing everyone else's. Right? She is a woman yeah. of many hats. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm also a mom, so like, kind of organizing people's lives, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So if I can make money off it, I might as well. Now, I will say, as a parent, <laughs> I am way better at organizing my children's lives than I am at organizing my own. I can attest to that. I think I, just because I have so many things that I do, I have, I have to be very tight on my calendar and my schedule. So there's like little to no room for error there. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so let, let's go into your comedy. How many shows do you think you've done? Oh, um, yeah, I've never actually even thought about it. <laughs> I would How have to say probably at least like 40 or 50 i would have guessed okay i don't know if that's accurate or not <laughs> so uh, and has your so you said you've been doing it for how many years the end of this month will be four years so do you do you feel yourself leaning more towards the comedy side or more towards the entrepreneur side Wow, that was a really hard word to get out for some reason i'm proud of you as, as you keep going in this journey of yours um, you know, actually, I'm kind of at a turning point where I think after my comedy tour, I can finally make that decision. Um, just because I don't kind of seal the deal. Is this something that I want to pursue as a career in comedy? Or is it something that I will continue to do as more of like a hobby mm -hmm. or a secondary kind of pastime? So I'm still on the fence about it. <laughs> You're at the golden age of comedy, though, um, because people in their 20s, people in their 20s, when they get on stage, typically they're uncomfortable. 
you can tell they're inexperienced. But once you hit that 30s. Oh, like her actual age. I thought you meant like in the age of comedy, she's in the golden age of it. And I'm no. like, no, that doesn't. No, stop. No, Ty. Comedy like, evolves too much. Yes. No, I mean, I mean, her her calendar age. Gotcha. Cool beans. I, I'm 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 with you now. Because in your twenties, you, you people don't understand. In your twenties, you're still you're still trying to get an identity. Hell, in my thirties, I'm still trying to get my identity. I don't know who I am. Yeah. See. So how would you? How has your comedy evolved in that four year span? Do you feel more comfortable in the things you're saying? Well, I mean, I've kind of always been really comfortable on the stage, on the mic. Even the first time I ever got on a stage, I kind of just... She's like, I fucking belong here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And other people agreed. But, I mean, like, I've definitely, definitely grown and evolved more to where, like, before I would go to an open mic, I would sit with a pen and paper and I'm writing out what I'm going to say on that open mic. Mm -hmm. Now I'll just go to an open mic because I realize now that an open mic is more like to practice you know, not necessarily just crowd work, but just kind of running with the running with the flow of things. And now I don't even write things out because I know my sets in my head, like mm -hmm. my core sets that I use. And I'll just pick and pull from my set because I have it all completely finished and memorized in my head. I've been talking about it and doing the same set so much in so many different ways that when I go to an open mic, I kind of just try out new things or talk off the top of my head. And then if it kind of isn't working, then I'll just throw in some of my set and some of my jokes from a set. Yeah. To kind of even it out. Now, do you think getting pantsed as a senior helped with your with your stage presence? Um, absolutely not. No, no? man. No. I thought I was, mm -hmm. I was trying to make a connection. I was trying to turn it into a positive. I don't think it can make that a positive. It was a positive for somebody. I'm telling you now that somebody that saw that on that day to this day, they still think about it. Well, then you're welcome to that mm. person. All right, and um, the next thing I want to talk about is, and, and I just found this out about you, we've had a few conversations, is that you're a sex educator. And yeah. to me, that is really fucking cool because people yeah. are so uppity about sex. And so, ugh, like, it's a natural thing. Who's uppity about it? Not anybody in this room. But what I'm saying is, is people kind of get, you know, they turn inward when you start talking about sex and they don't want to talk about it. Cool, whatever. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, honestly, that's really what helped me form my book. Because when I went to college, I used to just carry around a little notebook. And I would just study people's behaviors, single, not single, you know, how they behaved in, in parties. And then also when I got out of college, I started working at a sex club, teaching classes on how to better please your partner. Now, when I say that, Pausing for a second, just to let people know that does not mean I had sex with people in a club to teach them how to have sex. <laughs> it was more like people came. It was more about communication and seduction, which are the pure core parts of having sex. If you don't have both of those, then you do not have great sex at all. There's just no way. You I just want to both of those things. I just want to know how how you decided that you were qualified for that, or how did they find you you were qualified for that job. So it's not that I thought I was qualified. It's that I connected with somebody who had been doing it a very long time already. Uh -huh. I just kind of was a partner to that before I could grow out and be on my own. Uh -huh. So it was just more like by affiliation, learning how they taught people and then putting what I know from my studying of people 
into what their teaching was to kind of make a duo. And, okay. All right. All right. All right. And the, and the baseline of what she's saying here and, and what I'm taking from it is sex is not just the act of sex. All right. No. It's, it's learning about that person beforehand. No, there's a whole it, thing called it, foreplay in the beginning. Then I mean, but yeah. foreplay is even part of sex. Yeah. You have to have seduction before you have foreplay. Right, 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 right. For once, I can boo you, shorty. Boo. Not you, Knubel. You get all the applause. But shorty gets the boo here. Shorty's making jokes. I know. All right, keep it, keep it going. I'm, I'm liking this. Yes, I mean, that's really what I did as far as sex education, which I would like to clarify is very different from a sex therapist. Don't require a degree to educate people on sex. Uh, it just goes on basically what you've learned, your experience, and what you've seen. And I taught classes there for a very long time. And I used to hang out there with my friends because it was like BYOB and you could smoke inside, which is my kind of place. Word. So, Word. You can't take phones inside. It was very private. Still is. You still can't take phones in there. Um, so people get really primal, really like unhinged, really traveling into like their deepest fantasies in there because they know that no one is going to be able to tell anybody outside of here or have proof that something happened in there. And if you do, all. who's going to believe them? Yeah. No phones, pictures it, or it didn't happen. There ain't no pictures, no pictures. Nope. So this is really neat. Like I, I like it. Like you, you test your hand at so many things and you seem so successful at all these things you're doing. Like, and on top of that, dealing with with the things that you're dealing with, like how do you on a daily basis function without being out of your mind? Because you do so much. Well, I mean, I am out of my mind every day. So <laughs> she <laughs> literally talked about psychotic, that a few minutes so ago. I am legally psychotic if we're dialing back of you, you know, to a few minutes ago. But honestly, <laughs> but you're again, a functioning psychotic. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um I definitely make plans for everything. Everything I do, any kind of venture I kind of delve in, I always have some kind of business plan. Even if I don't follow it from start to finish, it gives me some kind of, you know, way to go and steps that I need to take mm -hmm. to move forward. And then as far as my Google calendar, that's tight. Everything is on there. Washing my hair is on there. Birthdays are on there. Um, you know, time to post on social media. I schedule all my posts usually in the beginning of the month. Then I'll just throw random stuff in. So stuff will pop up on my Facebook that I've said, like random posts. I'm like, when did I even schedule that? Because I don't even remember doing it because I do it in the beginning of the month. So I, I just started running into that issue. Yeah. So I, I am now scheduling a lot of my posts out. And uh, and I, I do the same thing. I'll throw in random shit. I usually schedule out a couple days, though, because everything I like, I get a lot of my jokes. I'll be listening to a song and and. So I don't know if you guys have this issue, but I can hear the voice in my head, right? Yeah. So when I'm listening to a song and the voice in my head is interacting with the song and, and making jokes about the song, I'm like, I got, I got to get this joke out there before I fucking forget it. But uh, yeah, so like the social media thing, like responding, deleting comments, because you have a brand to uphold. Do you delete a lot of comments off your social media? No, I try not to delete anything. I mean, there was one instance recently that I had to. That you the, um... did or they did? Because is, if this is what I'm thinking of, it was fucking majestic. 
it is what you're thinking of. It was that guy. Um, but it wasn't, his name was Ed. I think it was Ed, right? I don't remember. It was, it was Triple D Ed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like Ed with two Ds. Yeah, yeah there was too many Ds. They, there didn't need to be that many Ds. That was the only instance, and it was after all of that, actually, that I started, I had to go back and delete a few comments because once everything was said and done, he realized I was just an entire clown and I was not serious because he was, like, threatening to send people after me and stuff. I know where you're at. And I was like, okay, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you'll go on a T-shirt, baby. But Rihanna, you know, I, um, after that, people were literally posting comments, screenshotting his profile and things that he'd post. And I'm like, listen, this man has blocked me now. The joke is now over. You guys are making it that next step where this could possibly be a lawsuit right. for harassment if you keep doing this. So uh -huh. I had to go back and delete those comments and make a post after like, I'm glad you guys love the tomfoolery here, but gonna need you to dial it back. Please do not stalk people on my behalf. I'm a little concerned that you guys are stalking them. It is not that serious. Some motherfuckers you know? ain't got no life. The Knubel army was coming out in full force, and I was here for it. They really mm. did. They really did. And I felt bad, like, going back and, like, please don't do that, because it was like, I love the Knubel army, but at the same time, Knubel does not want a lawsuit, you know? Right. And I'll have to go back and make that video <clears throat> and narrate it. What What's funny is... Is the post, can I, can I talk about the post that it was on? Sure. So the post was something along the lines of, hey, if you buy a ticket to my next show, I'll send you nudes. Or, or you get nudes with every purchase. For one, yeah. she, did, she didn't say they were hers. Two, she wasn't out here being like, buy my nudes. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a lighthearted thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and somebody got on there. And they were upset with the well. I don't. I I see women naked all the time. Like, cool, good for you, bro. I got a phone too. You know what I mean? Like, I got Google. But Pornhub's like he, free. Exactly. He was like, he was offended that she made a joke, and it was hilarious because she was just cool and level-headed, and flipping everything that he said on its head, and it was it was everything. <laughs> it it was top notch. Thank you. I had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> People and it was on the like internet are dumb. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It, it was a saga. And didn't you make an audio drama from it? I'm still working on that. I was just saying that earlier. I still got to make the video because I, I decided I was going to make it like a story, like a love story and call it From Back Shots to Gunshots, a Philly <laughs> love story. And like narrate all of the messages that were involved with it. <laughs> I just at that time I had lost my voice, and then honestly, the holiday season I've been so right. busy after I just haven't even had a chance to yet. It's funny. Well, we are here for it, and here's here here's to more in 2024. Let's make this our year. Let's make it a year full of laughs. And uh, I got a little assignment for you, Canoe, because we're we're reaching that time. I'm going to okay. say that's all we got for today, and then I need you to say, so in the meantime, do you think you can handle that? I can handle it. All right, so that's all we got for today. No, in the meantime. In the betweens time. Remember to be a hoe. Happiness over everything. Cue the music. We out.